Hi there, this is Zoe Durand, mediator, lawyer, and author of Inside Family Law, the book. This is the Inside Family Law podcast, which is for and about those with an interest in the family law process. Hi, this is the Inside Family Law podcast. I'm Zoe Durand, mediator and lawyer, your interviewer, and I'm here talking with Haydar Shakara. Thank you. Great to be here, Zoe. Um, and do you want to just tell, before we get into our, our topic today, which is we're talking about coronavirus and its effects on, on family law, um, could you just share with me you know, where you work and, and what you do in the family law space? So I'm the principal solicitor at Justice Family Lawyers. We're a family law firm based in Sydney and Melbourne. Um, we just focus on family law. So I run the practice here and... Uh, we help people through their separations and divorces, through their parenting and property matters. Okay. So, look, obviously, I mean, the news is obviously just saturated with coronavirus. Um, and I think there's been a little bit of coverage on, on family law issues stemming from that, but not that much, which, you know, is fair enough. I can understand people are thinking about other things in relation to it. But today I did want to talk about what you're seeing in the family law space, both with sort of in, in terms of what's happening for clients, what's happening for people separating, and then also what's actually happening in the legal processes around family law, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So in terms of people separating, like, I mean, one thing that you and I had talked about earlier um, is this issue of parenting arrangements, so parenting orders, and a lot of people are sort of, um, impl- you know, having meltdowns on um, sort of family or separation forums, wondering what are they meant to do with if they're sort of in, in quarantine or they've put themselves into self-quarantine or if we do go into an actual full-on lockdown later on, how does that work with changeovers and orders yeah, for changeover? Well, that, that, that's become a huge question. Um, unfortunately, with the very little information that we have across the whole field, no one really has a clear, de- clear definition as to what a lockdown is going to look like, mm. what quarantines look like, um, what we're going to be able to do, when we're going to be able to leave our places of residence and what the terms are around that. Um, Information is getting leaked very slowly. Um, it, it's been distributed very poorly. So until we know the actual terms of what a lockdown is going to be, um, we can't advise as to what parents can and cannot do um, in terms of changeover. There are some immediate issues that are coming to light. Um, So, for example, in Victoria, they've moved their school holidays forward. They've actually said that and they've used that terminology. Mm. They haven't said schools are off. Mm. They've said school holidays have moved forward. (laughs) And so what that means is everyone that has parenting orders in Victoria that rotate around school holidays, um, their orders will now need to be construed in a way to take into account that the school holidays have now extended. Now, the consequence and and, and the the, the tough part that family lawyers now have is they have no clear understanding as to when those school holidays, and I put holidays in inverted commas, may end. Okay, so we don't know if it's going to, uh, it's it's currently right now scheduled to end when, uh, as per the normal school calendar. Um, However, it could very well be extended, but if we were to give advice, it would be the the advice would be to go off the dates that we are aware of, because that's the only thing that we can work on. Yeah, uh, things like things like that are coming into effect. Um, it, it's only a matter of time. I think people will see that the schools will start closing down. 
Mm. Um, therefore, changeovers that are still required for parties uh, for that to occur at school, um, as per the orders, there's going to be issues arising out of that. Um, the general advice that I can give without going into the details of what a lockdown is going to be or what the terms are going to be around that is follow the orders to the best of your ability um, and try and communicate with the other party if there is a situation where following the orders is impractical or not good for the children um, at that time. So try and exercise that degree of communication either directly or through your lawyers um, and that way we can try and navigate through these murky waters during these uncertain times. Yeah, and what about for people that are already, like people that might have, I don't know, certain vulnerabilities, like either they've got an underlying condition or their child has asthma, which is my current situation personally, not that that's relevant to this podcast. What it, is it, do you think, like like some of those people might be having anxieties about too many changeovers, you know, or do you think that for now they just should kind of keep going with things and see what happens? Well, remember... Um, if you want to establish or if you want to say that there's some kind of a risk to the child in terms of being transported from one residence to another, it, the onus will be on the parent trying to establish that risk. Mm. So if you're saying that um, a transition for a child that might be asthmatic or uh, might be delicate in certain situations or that there is something that affect, you have to give some kind of reasons or evidence as to why, um, for example, your residence is um, a safe environment and your uh, the, the other party's residence isn't a safe environment. Mm. So it, you'd have to provide some kind of evidence of that to show that um, you would have some reasonable excuse not to follow the orders. Yeah, sure. Um, and, and if you could do that, I guess you'd want to probably run that past um, another third party, preferably your lawyer, will be able to give you a better indication as to whether or not that will fall in the category of reasonable excuse. I mean, it's very hard, isn't it, like to be thinking, I mean, we still should all be thinking reasonably, but if you look at the toilet paper stocks, I mean, people, no when there's a... No everyone's kind of going kind of nuts lately, you know, like myself included yeah. to an extent, I have to admit, like, you know, everyone's feeling a little bit on edge and it's it, getting kind of anxious about decisions, I've noticed, like about smaller decisions. And I think that that's really kind of manifesting their underlying anxiety about the bigger thing that's going on. Yeah, and it's perpetuating itself. Um, and panic is creating further panic. Yep. Um, and it's really unfortunate that we're starting to see the worst side of people. You've stayed calm, Hater. I think you're one of the calmest people I know throughout all this. I've noticed on, on LinkedIn you're very calm. <laughs> it's good. Uh, yeah, well, it's always good to maintain a bit of perspective. Um, sure, we're going to go through some tough times, but um, you know, our, we, we're always going to try and be a support for our clients, I guess, but on top of that, um, it's always good to remember that although we're going through some tough times now, there's definitely going to be um, an outcome out of this. There's definitely light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and put it into perspective, you know, we're not, it, it's not um, a declaration of war. It's not a nuclear war. It's not, um, we're still quite safe and privileged to be living in this country. Yes, we're going to be suffering, but um, my office is not a, not a, uh, it's quite a short distance from um, the War Memorial here in Sydney, which I like to visit and just go for a walk around just to put things in perspective and remember previous times when people did go through real serious hardship. Um, and during those times, people did come together and, and, and try and contribute and help one another. So I'm hoping um, we'll be able to reiterate that 
in modern times. Yeah, and look, anything else, you know, in relation to, I mean, I saw some other articles, like family violence. So in, in, in for families where there is family violence, I mean, that was one of the things that popped into my mind as to how yeah. they're going to be affected if, you know, well, with, the, the, there good, are the good news is The good news is um, the family courts and the federal circuit courts uh, are doing everything possible to remain open. Um, the Chief Justice has indicated that um, the courts must stay open. So um, obviously there might be a bit of a battle between the states and federal government and the court system. Um, that's what I envisage happening. Each individual courts uh, acting um, in, in separate ways. But the Chief Justice has made it very clear that he intends going to do his best to remain open in some capacity, whether it's... Um, primarily by telephone. Um, they are doing face-to-face -face hearings still. I, I imagine they might still continue to do that. Obviously, there are tight restrictions around that um, and procedures and protocol that need to be followed, which is great. I think that's what we need. Um, and uh, they're still intending to remain open. And the Chief Justice's main um, point of concern was in these troubling times, um, we could very well see a rise in domestic violence, as you were saying, Zoe, um, and something needs to be done about it. There needs to be um, a service in place to protect and to put into place some kind of protocol for children that are at risk, family members that are at risk, um, and something needs to be done immediately in these situations, and delays cannot be accepted. Um, things are already... The family courts constantly are being criticised for it's numerous delays, especially in parenting matters. So to create a further backlog is simply not going to be entertained by the courts at this stage. Yeah, but I mean, certainly, as you say, minimising the risk where needed. So that a lot of things, I, th I think, have moved more to um, telephone. Is that right? Telephone appearances yep. has been pushed dramatically by all the courts. Um, so uh, a lot of the appearances will be by phone. They're considering doing uh, hearings by phone, interim hearings, final hearings. They are considering all options to make sure that the system is continuing to move forward and that a backlog is not created as a result of this. Because seriously, we could be in this situation. Nobody knows. Nobody has been able to put a number mm. on it. But people are saying three months, six months, 12 months. They're not realistic. Um, they're not unrealistic uh, time lengths that we'll be waiting around. So if the courts shut down now, then we're talking a huge backlog that will just build up and it's just not going to be acceptable. And what about in terms of, I guess, the way family law lawyers are going to have to pivot the way they deliver their services um, if we do go into some kind of lockdown in the future, if you know, we end up like some of the other cities around the world? Are we? I mean, I'm assuming your firm is set up to be able to do Zoom and all that sort of stuff. Is that where yeah, family lawyers are going to have to I go? I really don't see it as an issue, Zoe. Mm. I don't see it as an issue at all. I think most lawyers, most law firms these days, they encourage their, their, their solicitors to work from home. Clients will understand the situation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, telephone, video conference, whatever is required. The mediators will still be able to do their jobs by phone, by mm -hmm. video conference. There's, there's emails. We barely see our clients that much these days anyway, unless we're going to court, which we're not going to do anymore if we're going by phone, um, or if they need to sign documents. You know, it's, you're not often seeing your clients on a daily basis. Um, so it really won't affect the industry that much. People should still be able to move forward, work from home, keep in contact with their clients, and, and uh, it should be pretty much business as usual. 
Mm. Just from a different mm. place, you know, from home. Just from a different place, but no one yeah. will know. Yeah. Um, and what about, I mean, I was sort of thinking in terms of the types of matters, you know, and the situations, I guess, for people separating, like, I don't know what your thoughts are and you might have a different view to me, but I think that urgent matters will, they'll continue to need help, obviously. I have a feeling that people who are not, you know, who are thinking about separating may kind of delay that decision, but who aren't in an urgent situation, who are just you know, not, not, not wanting to continue on in their relationship or marriage, they might sort of think, oh, now is not a good time to separate, you know, how would I move out? Would I, how would I find new accommodation? Because of that instability in, in everything around and in the economy, I, I, my personal prediction is that there might be less of the sort of non-crisis matters, but I think people who need urgent help will still need help. Yeah, no, I think that's you're probably spot on with that kind of assessment. Um, it'd be very difficult for people to try and um, create their, a whole new life for them, um, separating from a partner, maybe moving out or anything like that. I think it'd be very, very difficult and people will hold off on doing that. Um, there's also evidence to show that during these times and uh, during the times of financial instability, um, it does create a certain level of stress between mm. families mm. Um, and it's financial stress. Mm. Um, but at that same time, it also, um, there is a lower separation rate because there is a more, there's a sense of more dependency um, on your partner to try and um, come through out of these tough times together. Uh, because, you know, if somebody was to leave a relationship at this time, then, um, you're talking about a smaller asset pool. You're talking about smaller, uh, a smaller pool of funds to divide. Um, and, and again, in terms of the property market, rental market, going through that process, people don't want to leave. People don't want to leave their houses, mm. let alone go to open homes and inspections. So, well, that's true. Um, I think there's a myriad of reasons as to why um, I think the amount of new separations may drop. Um, but um, who knows what to say? What's to happen once uh, the this whole situation starts to change around. I kind of think, and it's not me rubbing my hands together with glee or anything, I'm just being objective. I personally think that there'll be people, as I said, sitting on it, that decision, and then when, um, you know, when sort of if there are restrictions or any kind of lockdowns or the economy gets squeezed, when that alleviates, you know, hopefully, I mean, I'm assuming this won't go on forever, whether that, you said that's three, six, 12, we don't know how long, months. I think after that, when people feel that stability, when people feel secure, um, you know, maybe that will be when there's a vaccine and they feel that oh, there's a security now. That's when hopefully the economy would pick up. I think it's also when, frankly, just to again objectively, people will, who've been sitting on that decision will suddenly act on it because they'll feel confident to be able to move forward with that decision. Potentially, potentially. Again, it's hard to say. Know. We're in uh, Crystal ball. times. <laughs> We've never been in a time or place where people have been forced to spend so much time with their families. I um, know. <laughs> could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. Uh, yeah, well, we, well, maybe we'll talk in six months and just discuss then, Zoe. See how much of this came true out of um, yeah, some of these predictions. Exactly. Um, in, uh, in relation to property matters, is there anything like... <coughs> sorry, I just coughed. That's a little bit frightening. A little bit um, concerning. <laughs> I'm happy I'm on the phone here. There you go. Yeah, virtual, um, virtual podcast. So, look, in terms of property matters... I mean, one thing I noticed in, in some of my mediations is, and it, and it is affecting the way discussions occur and the way the mediation progresses is, for example, um, superannuation, um, people are reluctant to, um, they're, they're cautious about um, picking just sort of a, 
a, a base of splittable amount because they, they're like, well, my super's dropping X thousand dollars in a couple of days. So therefore that amount I'm splitting is actually proportionally more. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. So I'm just noticing some of those issues. I don't know if you've noticed any of that or, or things in relation yeah. to shares and value no, dropping. No, it's definitely a thing. You know, you've got to remember that um, it's, if, you, if you clearly define how many shares will be transferred or dollar figures, and that's what it is. Um, if it's a percentage and with the market as it is as of today, um, I think the ASX lost 5% today. It's been dropping um, since, you know, the last week or two in dramatically on a daily basis. Um, so if agreements were made, you know, it could be even in verbatim agreements that haven't been documented or um, things, discussions between couples, you know, which quite often happen in terms of just um, negotiations between two people. Um, that whole scenario, that whole situation could change based on the new figures. You know, mm. suddenly someone's share portfolio or superannuation is not as much as they once thought. Therefore, it would be harder for them to kind of continue with the same deal if they thought in their head, you know, I was going to leave this relationship with all of my super and then all of a sudden your super's dropped by 15 20% in a matter of days. Mm. It might not be as appealing and uh, deals might not need to be re-looked at. It might be reneged or renegotiated. Yeah, and I think, as you said before, in this climate of, you know, sometimes panic can be, in addition to the actual coronavirus, that panic can be contagious and people can get more anxious or more stressed, which can yeah. sort of affect, I think, how how matters, you know, progress and how people are when resolving matters, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So any other thoughts about coronavirus as it relates to, to family law? No, look, I think... Um... One of the big concerns was whether or not the court system will still um, remain open during this time. Um, it's been very reassuring to see the Chief Justice uh, make a very, very clear statement, <laughs> unlike our other politicians. Oh, no, so um, many mixed messages. It, he, he's made it very clear that he's going to do everything he can to ensure that matters keep running. The judges have all been trying. Um, they've been communicating with the solicitors. Um, I think given the circumstances, they're doing the best job they possibly can, and it in all honesty, they're doing a fantastic job of communicating that. Um, so it's all very positive. Um, I know the situation is very different for our legal brothers and sisters in uh, different jurisdictions. Um, they're, they're, there is a lot of uh, other court closures as well. So um, I think the message that I could give is um, during this time, it, it is there, there are adjustments to be made. Um, there will be different schedulings that might have to be adhered to, but generally speaking, it will be business as usual for the whole jurisdiction, for the the people involved, for the lawyers involved, um, for the courts, the judiciary. I think everyone is going to do their absolute best, the mediators as well. Um, Everyone's going to do their absolute best to make um, adjustments and to continue um, moving the wheel along. Um, I think everybody understands that their role in society, maintain a certain fabric, um, is essential, and um, it needs to keep moving that way. And I think everyone has that sense of responsibility and the capability to keep it moving forward. Yeah, and it's like just to add to that, I saw one of the mediators I know had put that their practice has gone from being they like have gone from real mediation to virtual mediation. And I put a comment saying, but you know what, the virtual still will will soon feel real because we're all just going to have to adapt, and that's what it is, you know. Um, uh, well, you know the the. Um, 
you know, I think very quickly people will start realizing that the online world is not the online world anymore. It's the real world. And um, <laughs> we're going to have to accept that. And the real world is actually not the real world. Um, so most of us will be doing a, a lot of our dealings online. And um, as a result, I think, of, of this kind of crisis, I think we'll see a lot of changes in work practice in future things to come. Yeah, on that point, actually, Hayda, I was thinking yeah. that things will actually change longer term, like even beyond coronavirus. So when sure, things are yeah. resolved, I think people will go, hang on, you know, we can actually just do that easily well, online. Exactly, Let's yeah. just keep doing that yeah. online. Or like some things will go back, obviously, more things will go back to being face to face, but I think some things yeah. will remain, you know. Yeah, well, definitely. Well, the courts, uh, you know, they thankfully allowed us to start filing more documents online. So, for example, subpoenas normally need to be filed in person. Um, thank God they're now allowing us to, uh, you know, send that online and file that online. So um, <laughs> we're really hoping that that won't change post-corona um, and they'll allow that kind of further convenience for us to, to continue. Um, but, yeah, definitely, I think there's going to be a whole new kind of work climate um, coming out of this. I think mediations, people will see that, you know, you can do them just as easily online over the phone. We do them over the phone now anyway. Yeah, so, I've done them. I've done them um, several over the phone, even before coronavirus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Most, you know, the majority of ours actually are done over the phone. Um, they're really just as successful, just as positive as um, face-to-face. Um, so, yeah, it can all happen. Um, and I think we'll quickly realise that. And uh, I think there'll be definitely some long-term changes to come out of this mm. whole epidemic. Yeah. And um, so what was I going to say? Last thoughts for, for the lawyers that are, I mean, we've talked about some of the issues facing people separating. For the lawyers that are, you know, love working in the city and love the vibe of the city who may be working from home soon, any tips for working from home life and how they can stay sane? <laughs> uh, working from home. Um, look, uh, we've implemented working from home policy. We, we want to do as many video calls as possible. So instead of just talking on the phone, we like to see each other's faces. It gives a bit of face-to-face contact um all i can say is stay active um keep yourself stimulated um you know just the normal routine of going into into work or you know walking to the station or something things like that once you remove that um you've got to remember you're going to become more sedentary just working from home staying at home um, being more reluctant to leave um you know coming from a sporting background it's important for me every day that i'm doing some kind of exercise so even working from home i'll do my best to maintain that um, whether it's indoors, whether it's just a short run around the block. I know that gyms have been closed, so um, a lot of people will be, you know, not going to their regular routines, their classes, their sports, whatever they were doing. Uh, it is, for me, it's absolutely fundamental. And the biggest piece of advice would be just everyone stay active. Otherwise... It's good for the mental health go, too, isn't it? You yeah. Will go, uh, you will go insane. Your, your brain will explode if you are not staying active in some sort. Go for a walk do some push-ups in the room, stretch, do some yoga. There's a billion different videos online with um, all different types of exercise content. So make sure you utilize that and, um, yeah, see what try something different. Use it as an opportunity to try something different um, and, and really, yeah, make sure you stay active. Otherwise, um, things can quickly pile up whilst you're sitting at home. And how many bags of pasta do you have at home? That's what I'm asking all the lawyers on the corona special. Uh, Tell uh, me the truth, Hater. I, I don't. I really don't have anything. I don't have anything. So, oh, so um, we can't. We can't call on you if we're running low on food. <laughs> to uh, the other well, family If you know, I'm. I'm pretty simple. If there's no pasta available, I eat rice. If there's no rice, I eat. 
potatoes. If there's no potatoes, I'll eat carrots. So it's all right. <laughs> I'm sure oh. there'll be something. <laughs> again, very, very good, very calm, calm approach to all. Thank you for your um, and again, very calm and sensible advice that you, you know, and, and words of wisdom you've given today. You know, Thanks, discussion. Zoe. So, um, look, thanks very much for that. If someone wants to reach you, do they just Google search since we're talking about online? Do they look you up? Or... Yeah, just Google Justice Family Lawyers um, and then you'll be able to find us. You'll be able to find me. Um, yeah, it's not too hard. We're all over the internet. Um, got amazing reviews. Uh, quick Google search will be able to uncover everything. All right, fantastic. Thank you very much, Hayda. Cool. You take care and um, interesting times and we might do a, a review in six months and see... See where we're at with coronavirus and family law. Sounds good. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Bye. So thank you for listening in to the Inside Family Law podcast. I hope you found today's episode interesting. And I hope that it is just the beginning of the conversation and that you can continue to think about and talk about the issues that were raised today with your friends and your colleagues. Till next time, if you want to be in touch with me about the podcast today or anything else family law related, then please um, be in touch with me. My website is www.mediationanswers.com.au. Bye for now.